Tom, I was driving home and I was like, why didn't we go and see a film tonight? Oh, we did go and see a film tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. As one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. 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 Hello there. Hello oh, there. Oh no, that's, that's uh, <sighs> Star Wars, isn't it? That's a different thing. Um, Star Wars. In this episode, we're talking about the much-delayed X-Men spin-off, The New Mutants, directed by Josh Boone and starring Maisie Williams, Anna Taylor-Joy, and Blue Hunt. Yeah. And yeah. Charlie Heaton. And Charlie Heaton. He's the other... And yeah, the, I, that other guy. And the other one, yeah. Um, small cast. And Alice Braga. Um, oh, yeah. She was in this. It wasn't meant to be her. Originally, it was going to be Rosario Dawson, but she dropped out. Was it? Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. So the new mutants, we never thought you up long awaited. Yeah. Literally up to the week. Like we were talking about going to see this last week. You refused to accept that this was going to come out and actually be a thing. No, I just, it was just a, it was just a trailer. It was just always a trailer. It was a concept piece. It was never actually going to come out. <laughs> but we actually, just because, and like, it's one of those things that as I was like, as I would see the trailers for this film, mm. you would th- there'd be another news story, and they'd be like, "New Mutants is now something," and "New Mutants is now an LGBTQI piece." Uh, uh, "New Mutants is now a horror film exclusively." "New Mutants is now a light and breezy comedy like The Breakfast Club." Yeah, it's a uh, "New Mutants," best. and it was just like <laughs> it was just a series of. New Mutants is, which yeah. eventually in my mind became New Mutants is a MacGuffin to sell 2020 on. Yeah. Because it's just just something that's never going to happen. No, it, it's crazy. So to get into the, the background of this a little bit, it was basically, this is a film that was being made. Um, it sits within the X-Men franchise loosely. It's like a spin-off of the X-Men based on a comic that is a spin-off of the X-Men. Um, but it was being made by Fox Studios, who were also making the other X-Men films at the time, so Logan and um, X-Men Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, all that sort of stuff. But during the process of this film being made is when the buyout and the merger happened, whereby Disney bought Fox. And that is one of the many reasons why it got sort of thrown through a loop and never had the proper production cycle you would usually expect on a movie like this. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, reading, I read an article recently, and basically, this um, is this is Josh Boone's film. Well, yeah, but it's only from principal photography. Basically, what, what usually tends to happen on a movie is you go through principal photography, the main shooting bulk of it. But as part of the, all the actors' contracts, is they come back to do reshoots, and that's like yeah, and everyone or pickups. The, or pick-ups. Exactly. Yeah. So reshoots have become a bit of a, a, a massive thing these days because now like there's loads of reports come out about reshoots and everyone assumes that means the film's in trouble. And it's like, no, this is how things have always gone. The idea yeah. is you get your first, you do principal photography, you get your first cut of the movie. You then take that and show that to executives. You show it to maybe a test audience and you see, right, what do we need to do? What, where do we need to strengthen things? Where do we need to, you know, do we need to add a scene between these two characters? Do we need to do this? Do we need to do that? And then they go back for the pickups. Yes. But they didn't do that with this one because of the fact that the studios changed it. Yeah. And it's very clear that that's what happened. (laughs) Because of the fact the studios changed hands, there was, they, like, they were planning the reshoots. They were going, right, we're going to go back. And they, they put out that first initial teaser trailer where it was like playing up the horror element. And it seemed to go down really well. So then Fox were like, okay, maybe we will let you go. Because they were really hesitant about the whole idea of it being a horror movie. Yeah. And sort of hamstrung him all the way through the principal photography. Then when they had enough to put out a trailer, and everyone responded to it really well. They went, okay, maybe go and make a horror movie then. So they were just, they were all lined up to go back and do these reshoots where they could play up the horror angle a bit more and presumably just do the usual pickups and stuff you would do as part of the next bit of photography. Then the studio changed hands and it all fell apart. And so the reshoots never happened. Yeah. So all we're left with is the original shoot that was done back in like 2017. 
and that's and they've just cobbled that together with what they had, finished some of the special effects shots, and then shoved it out in cinemas. Again, because of some weird contractual thing, because everyone was like, well, they're just going to put it out on Disney+, Plus, aren't they? But then, again, because they made some sort of contractual agreement with the actors and stuff that it would get a theatrical release, they had to. They were bound by law to put it out in cinemas. Yeah. And then COVID happened. And it's like, just, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just like, the original release date for this movie was April 2018. Yeah. Then it went to February 2019, then August 2019, April 2020, and then eventually now we're in September 2020, and it's just come out. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. crazy. And fucking you can tell as well, because you know, some of the actors, like one of the main um, actors in this is Maisie Williams. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, most people will know from Game of Thrones. But you can tell that is that old because she looks three years younger. She looks like Arya circa, you know, season five. Like, <laughs> she's, and that, that was part Aging of, person by, by series. Yeah. This is a series, this is a series five, Arya. Yeah, well, well, I mean, that is how you would age. Like, for someone who, like, Maisie Williams is one of those actors similar to like the Harry Potter kids who like you can sort of pinpoint their age based on what part of the series they're in. You know, you can yeah. say, right, or you know, Daniel Radcliffe was 13 because he was filming Prisoner of Azkaban, clearly. And you can do the same thing with Maisie Williams, can't you? Because she literally grew up on screen. But we can mm. see from watching this movie that this is like a relic of a bygone age. Now it's coming out in 2020. This is very odd. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those weird things. It's like now she's... Because, yeah, like you say, she's aged out of this role now yeah now she's like she's not even a teen now she's in like young adult sort of early 20s roles that she's taken on and doing yeah. that. and same with all of them really you know the same with like yeah like it's just like even like yeah so like there are other actors who are in prominent tv shows so like um what's his name the guy from um Stranger things charlie heaton charlie heaton that's it yeah he yeah. again looks like he did in season one of stranger things yeah. But we're in season three now, and season four is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, exactly, and no longer a teenager. He's now like a young guy. Like, exactly, and he's not allowed back in. He's not allowed out of America anymore. No, because, because he drugs. tried to take drugs on a plane, take <laughs> cocaine into France or something. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you give the dog a bad name. Yeah. Anyway, Scott Charlie. <laughs> anyway, so. Regardless of all that, that's the story behind the film. What we've ended up with is this, and it is. I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, what? What's, what do you say about it? Right. So, uh, to give you a loose premise, basically, yeah. um, it's centered around uh, Danielle Moonstar. Yeah. Who um, the film opens with a traumatic event that ends up with her being institutionalized. And then we find out quite quickly that this is an, inst- an, an institution for mutants. Yeah. Uh, so obviously it does sort of firmly exist in the same universe. Yeah. And that there are, the connections are pretty tenuous. Yeah. Um, if they're at all paper thin, shall we say. Mm. But then it's about um, the development of her powers and these mysterious goings on that happen in this institute with uh, the other students that are there, all the other people that are there, all the while they're being sort of observed, tested and monitored by uh, Dr. Cecilia Reyes. Yeah. And we'd, and she's reporting into her sort of mysterious, is it a superior that she says? Yeah, she keeps saying, my... yeah, you'll go to my superior or my superior, like the idea of that, once you graduate from here, once you're able to move on, then you can go to my superior's facility. And, yeah. the, and then that becomes a whole point of contention with, among the kids because you have this cool group of about of five kids and you have them sort of, they have moments where they speculate about what that means. And so they think that means, oh, she must mean Xavier's Institute. Yeah. And we get to be Which X-Men. is an interesting part. And you're like, yeah. oh, hey, this maybe this is like a fringe X-Men group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like... It, <laughs> yeah it's so weird it's such a weird thing <laughs> but then it goes on and it just in honestly just becomes just a very by the numbers teen horror drama that's not very horror at all it's just like a young adult fiction which kind of like josh boone did the fault in our stars as well which is like another like young adult 
yeah. teen drama thing. I mean, I did, to be honest, I kind of, I appreciated that element of it because it's something that they've never really properly done in X-Men, no. in the X-Men movies. And this is like, finally, at like the 20th try or whatever we're on, they've done one where it's about kids in a school. I'm like, yes, this is what X-Men was always meant to be. Remember? Yeah. But they kind of, but they kind of like, but you, you kind of get that with like, well, you don't because it's no, like, you don't. They're That's like, what oh, I mean, like, Dark Phoenix and then it's in space. No, but then oh, okay. there's absolutely no telling how old anyone's meant to be in Dark Phoenix because they're like they were they were teenagers in the 80s and in Apocalypse, and now it's in the 90s, and like Scott and Gina yeah. sharing a room together like they're a married couple. But I'm like, hang on, are you still kids or not? I'm very confused. Anyway, <laughs> they they're they're always in a rush to graduate the kids as soon as they possibly can, so they they always sort of they get over that very quickly. Or like in the original X Men movies, it was like you had like Rogue and Bobby who were the only yeah. kids on the team and everyone else was just, like, it was all about Logan and Scott and Jean and Storm who were adults. They were the teachers. So you never yeah. really, they never really made a series of X-Men movies um, about a group of teenage superheroes, which is kind of what they're meant to be in a way, who are all figuring out their powers and how they can use just this powers. bizarre, mysterious, but, but that's also like a Hollywood issue as well, because even with this, Charlie Heaton's clearly significantly older than, than everyone else, Maybe yeah. Williams, and then Anna Taylor Joy, Anya, Anya Taylor Joy, Anya, yeah, is in this, and um, so she's in this, but then you're like, okay, this is like the same sort of year as Split, maybe. You're probably around the same time that that came out. So, she was filming that, yeah. And then you're like, okay, so we're in this. This is this is this time, and this yeah. is this one, but then this person's much older. And this person less older. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. It's yeah. just really jarring. And like, there are things that I respect about it. Like, I respect the fact that they tried something different with it. They tried to do a horror esque film within a universe that's purely around capes and costumes, sort of thing. Yeah, and it works for the source material. Like, knowing a little bit about the source material, like they're in a way adapting the um, the demon yeah. bear story like a loose adaptation of it in a way yeah, which is but a, it becomes like you say it's just it just feels really formulaic it doesn't feel there's nothing special about it other than it's doing something a tiny bit more novel yeah and that's that's and the frustrating stuff that thing we've that... always seen before like there's so many like i like the fact the the comment that i was saying to you before we started recording about when like the diversity aspect of it yeah but then they're like, oh, this guy's this guy's Brazilian. It's, no, it's clearly American. Oh no, he is Brazilian. But at the as, same as time, like, thing. yeah. But the thing is, like, they never address like. It's like they didn't. That. They pay lip service to that, mm. and but then whenever they bring up sort of Danny's heritage, it's just really racist, mm. and it's just done in racist commentary. It's not done in a way where she's like, oh, no, this is my people and this is this and this is how we are here and this, this is what this means to us. And explaining what it's like to be a Native American in modern America or 1980s America or whatever time this was going to be loosely yeah. framed around. Exactly. That's another thing where it's like they kept changing their minds. Another sort of back behind the scenes stuff where they kept changing their minds about it because originally it was going to be set in the 80s and then it was going to try and link into um, the... 80s x-men movie that they made at the time apocalypse mm. and they were going to have a cameo from james mcavoy and then the girl who was playing storm right she was set to appear in it as well and then right. basically and then apocalypse came out and and wasn't particularly well received and so they just scrapped all that and changed their minds and so then they told josh Bean, oh no it's not set in the 80s anymore now you've got to set it in modern day yeah like and i mean <laughs> like how much of that was, was, yeah, because there's like the only time where you, it could be set in any point with the exception of the fact that at some point somebody's using a phone. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's like, what's quite cool about it. Yeah. I like, I appreciate the fact that it's, it's a bottle episode. It's all just set in this one place. Yeah. Um, and it's just these, yeah. And it, it gives you that Pilot episode of a, it's of a, a Netflix show. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a solid pilot, you know, a passable pilot episode that yeah. would if the netflix was continue like if it says do you want to continue i'd probably let it go i probably yeah. wouldn't I, I used i'd to leave it on in the background whilst i was doing other things 
Yeah, and he might, and okay. he will probably grow on me. Like that's the other part of it as well. The frustrating, like he when he pitched this idea, Josh Boone, he had it as a trilogy. He had a whole idea about how it would all progress, yeah. and this is clearly like his idea of this is how it would start out and how they first meet one another and all the rest of it, and then go on from there. I was like, mm, shit, <laughs> sorry, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but also it's the having it forcibly hamstrung into. <laughs> into the the x-men universe which was also just disgustingly broken anyway so it's yeah, like like it was just like i appreciate that there was a really strong that they, he had this idea of it being a trilogy but so many things are set up as trilogy like a fucking divergent and all that stuff you know yeah true um, that was they were like oh, oh yeah. we're gonna finish it as a tv show are you uh oh no we're not allowed we haven't got any money no we ran out of money and no one cares so. people didn't care anymore no, because it was a film about people that felt more than one feeling, which is outrageous. I, yeah, don't get me started on those whole, that whole thing. But yeah, like I don't know. I know what you mean. Like I feel like he is his sort of taste of the um, of the Hollywood system, and this is what he's ended up with. And it's, it really reminds me this film of things like um, the Fantastic Four. The um, yeah, that's exactly what the problem is. Yeah, <laughs> like. Fantastic Four, and then to a lesser extent, I guess, um, Inhumans, it reminded me of a little bit. Yeah. Just these sort of, th- these long gestating, like, they've been constantly reworked and rethought out and repurposed. So, like, Inhumans was like, they annou- Marvel, well, Marvel originally announced it as a movie, then it wasn't a movie, then it was going to be a TV show, but it was also going to be in the IMAX, and then they were going to, uh, and then it was, like, going to tie into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but then it wasn't, and then it's like, and then it ended up being this complete mess of like shit, and like and the same thing with like Fan Fallstick, um, where it's just like um, Josh Trank was making it. He was going to make it a horror movie type, sort of like dark sciencey movie. The studio didn't like it. Came back, did reshoots. You can tell all the reshoots were done, um, and it ended up being this horrible Frankenstein's monster of a movie that doesn't even have it like a second act. That movie's fucked. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but like, I, this is better than oh yeah, that. It is. Yeah, I feel like of those three that I just mentioned, all these ones where, like, I think what they all have in common, though, is, is that the story behind them and this, what went on behind the scenes is more interesting than the final product. Yeah. Um, and the same can be said for New Mutants, but of all three of them, I think New Mutants is probably the best. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's yeah. perfectly watchable. Well, it's cohesive. It has an yeah. act one, an act two, and an act three. Yeah. And things happen and work. Yeah, I mean, the cast are likeable. Like, I mean, like, some of the performances are, are very chunky. Um, yeah. But, like, there are certain actors that I feel like, particularly Maisie Williams and um, Anna Taylor-Joy, who are just, they're charismatic. They're just, they're, you know, they're like, they're, they're just, they have screen presence and, they, and that carries them through, sort of thing, even when the dialogue they've been given to do yeah. isn't the best. Yeah. But also, like, for the first half an hour or so, mm. Maisie Williams barely turns up. No. I think that a lot of that was, like, rehearsal stuff. Yeah. But then you're like, okay. And then Anya Taylor-Joy is doing a Russian accent. Yeah. A bit. She's great. I, I've got... I've got like, she was good, but at the same time, like you're rooting for somebody that's spiteful piece of shit. Yeah, she <laughs> and, is. Like, and you're like, oh, she's... Again, like it's the the fact that she couldn't have said... A, the, the, the things that they chose to do about making her... Oh, she's edgy cool. She's not edgy cool. She's a fucking racist. And you're like, oh, that's... Like, she's a nasty person. Uh, that's that's what I failed to buy in with her because I was yeah, just I like, so. you're like, oh, well, she's she's not just like, oh, what's up, new kid and stuff like that. Like, because she's acting out because of people are this, that, and the other. They're like, oh, let's really lean into the the you know, this, that, or the other and make her a big racist. But then we won't have her ever apologize or sort of come around to this stuff or be treated a bit differently because of it or like have everybody turn on her. Everyone still likes her. Everyone's still her mate. Just they're like, Oh yeah, she's, Oh, she just does that sometimes. Yeah. Don't mind her. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, that point that you're making now is exactly the kind of feedback that they would have got and they would have then gone to address. They've got, we need a scene where she actually apologizes to Danny 
because otherwise that's never addressed. Exactly. Cool. We'll get that in pickups. Didn't get a chance yeah. to. <laughs> so that's exactly that, the kind that, of thing we're talking about. Like, but it's also the, exactly the kind of thing that should have been thought about before. Oh, true. Yeah, no, 100%. You know? I completely agree. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's, we want to like they want to like let, like have a bit of that like the racism is not something you, can, you can't whitewash it out P- there are people in the world who are racist and so yeah, there's exactly. like this it's worth addressing but then at the same time if you want us to root for this person then you need to address it again and come to some yeah. sort of conclusion and resolve it so yeah, that, exactly. and that's you know of the many different balls that they're juggling that's something that he you know maybe didn't think of or or didn't shoot on the day or whatever it was well, exactly and that's what i mean is it's it's like you say you can't whitewash the fact that racism exists especially within films and especially as uh, sort of egregious as it is toward native american people in america and toward yeah. you know people of color in america and you think and you just can't. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh yeah, well, she's fine, really. She's she's all right. She's about. She's got a big sword, so she's cool, right?" Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but that, that's mean. and then you're like, okay. But then they do the the LGBT r- romance. Yeah, and then that's that's performed really well. And you're like, okay, like they're not making a massive deal of it. It's not like a here's a sexy girl and girl kiss. It's just a here's two teenagers that seem to have an attraction to one another and have a kiss yeah and start to form a relationship yeah and and no one makes it like say no one makes a big deal out of it like none of the no one makes a comment about that none of the guys do or anything like that yeah um yeah it's yeah i don't know it's it's a real missed opportunity this film i don't know what else much more to say about it like uh, yeah, it's a massively missed opportunity. There are some really cool visuals in here. Yeah, like towards the back at the back end, the fights, and it was just it felt really comic booky to me in the yeah. in the best way. It felt like a comic book. It felt yeah, all these cre- these just portals being opened up and fighting a giant bear and all this sort of stuff is like yeah, I'm just watching a comic book come to life, which is really cool. Yeah, um, but it's just ah, damn it, so close. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. They would have gone back and they're like, it turns out, yeah, they were going to, if they had gone done reshoots, they would have pushed for more of the horror stuff because, as you say, there's, there are horror elements in there, but they don't land properly. And I feel like, given the reshoots, they would have been able to go back and strengthen it because... Exactly. Nor are they explained. Like, the smile man. No, we never really get an explanation for that. Um, other, then... than, other than that they, they belong to... Um, what's the name? Rainer, or what, what's the name of the character? Reyes. Uh, no, uh, Vanya, um, Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot her name now. Um, Iliana. Iliana, yeah. Yeah, Illy. Illy, yeah. Because that's the other thing, because like, there are other like links they could make and maybe would have done if they got the chance to push on, is that she's meant to be. She's Colossus's sister. Colossus's sister, yeah, exactly, which explains yeah. why her aunt, her brother as well. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a villain, um, and then but her her whole thing in the comics is mad. Yeah, like so she's a character called Magic. If you if you well I don't know well they did sort of go they did, they did it with uh, a couple of them. They did it with her and Charlie Heaton. Yeah, it's like oh it's like a cannonball. Yeah, <laughs> but they actually, she's like, "Well, I'm magic." It's, it's magic. Like, I'm magic. Yeah, yeah. Or the, yeah, that's okay. thing. So they've got their. Um, does, does she get a code? Because I think that sometimes they don't. They do it on the screens. You get code names. They, do, uh, they might have done it like that. I don't know. I wasn't because I think the the names are like Sunspot, isn't it? Yeah. So Sunspot, uh, Wolf Spain, yeah, uh, Mirage. Magic and um, yeah, Cannonball. Cannonball. Yeah, yeah, and um, like Sam, like Guthrie, uh, Cannonball. He's like, uh, he's from a big family of mutants as well. So he's got a sister. So he's got Jay and Paige, mm. who are his brother and sister, and they both they're both mutants. But then Mikhail, who's Ileana and Colossus Piotr's sibling, is not. A mutant, I don't think, or actually might be. Oh, I don't know, but yeah. Anyway, like, there's so much more that could have been like explored in any way, shape, or form, or just to give them a little bit more of an indication 
Yeah, because I think it wasn't really that. It felt like everybody was there because they had a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. They're like, it, oh, we're we're all united by tragedy. But that is kind of it. Makes sense that they were a bit. Like, the reason we they go here as opposed to going like because again, if you're going into it thinking that, or you're under the same presumption they are that, which is that oh they will go to Xavier's school at the end of this is like mm. right. The reason that you five are here and not straight at the school is because you've hurt you're people. Yeah, you're dangerous. You but yeah. like. The tragedy that they've had behind them is, the, and them being dangerous. They're all locked. They're all like meddled in together, sort of thing. So, like you know, Sam's tragedy is a direct result of his power. Yeah, and so, and the same with a lot of them. Um, like yeah, so um, Rain's tragedy is again as a result of her power. So it makes perfect sense that that those five would be there. Um, yeah, and you're like right. So there are. Like the the reason that they're there is because they're all at risk. Yeah. And it is um and it does work. You know, it's not to say like yeah. this film does work. Yeah. It's just paper thin. Yeah, like against all the odds. It, like, that's the thing, like it's like I say, it's a first draft. Like, you know, it, yeah. it's like, right, you need more more of this here, you need more of that there, you need to strengthen this relationship, you need to um you need to put some sort give of some like, depth of give character. some depth to this. Um, yeah, you can if you're going to do the horror thing, maybe explain them a bit more. Add, you know, ramp up this bit here so we extend it out a bit so it feels like more of a threat. Well, these are all like your the things you go and do in pickups, and it just this film just doesn't have any of that. So it's just no. a first draft. It's like, yeah, okay, good first draft. You've got a solid foundation here. Let's build on it. Nope, can't yeah. do it. That's it. Touch yeah. it. It's over. <laughs> I and I was just <sighs> a bit like, mm, okay, right. yeah. Like it came out feeling not deflated or anything, but just like okay, that it yeah. just sort of happened in front of me really quickly, and then yeah. I felt like we'd won tickets on a yeah. Facebook competition to see the pilot episode, like we did with Shield. Yeah, but we didn't yeah. win tickets. We just we bought tickets. In humans, you mean? That was it. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, like like I say. This, like, it goes along in that pile of these weird coin book oddities of movies that, like, have just been absolutely through the ringer, but somehow this one's come out. And you, but the, the fact that the, the virtue of the fact that it's come out and not been, like, the worst thing I've ever seen, and it's got, like, you said, a beginning, middle, end, and it's cohesive, sort of speaks to me that the fact that if this had been allowed to continue and they had given it the time, it could have come, mm. come together to be something quite good. Yeah, uh, it could have been definitely. But, it could have been or should have been something quite good, and given the source material and like, um, it's it is an unfortunate tragedy of it, which is why it's not. There isn't anything particularly well, other than the whole racism thing. There isn't anything particularly nasty or bad that's in it. It's there are some just, funny, like, there are, they, like I would say there are some funny bits in terms of like the writing. Like a lot of it's very very on the nose. Um, and then oh yeah. I just I unintentionally the funniest bit was just that there is a character who I won't spoil exactly what happens but someone gets pushed into a swimming pool and <laughs> I pissed myself it was the funniest thing and it really uh, it shouldn't have been it was like in this really tense like dramatic scene <laughs> she just grabs a big stick and pushes him in the pool <laughs> oh, it's, and, uh, yeah. and like, like there's lots of like very oh, no, on, yeah. really really emotionally charged moment about like this big reveal of something that's happened. Yeah. And then they're like, push, push him over. Push him in the water. Push him in the water. <laughs> but the, and and also, then, as I am going to spoil this slightly. Yeah. Uh, also, um, yeah, that's her footwear, isn't it? She's got like three or four inch heels on whilst yeah. she's running. Uh, can we also raise the fact that like, yeah, I am going to slightly spoil this. They push a guy who is, um, uh, uh, his mutant ability is to be on fire. Yes. Into a pool. And then they show afterwards that he was so hot, he vaporized half the pool. Yeah. When he fell in. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't show was everyone else that was dead in that room. Because of the steam. Yeah. Because of not only just the steam or blind or yeah. dead. Or they'd inhaled so much steam that they they drowned. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those moments, and I'm like, I don't, yeah, don't don't apply logic. This is a it's a comic book movie. No, 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 like comic book movies, like we are getting to a point where they are starting to explain a lot of things. Or well, were there was a there was a middle area where a lot of things were being explained in like 
tech waves and, no, yeah, and not, not, we got to everything right. being oh god no no and that's the other no, one really, because... really weird thing about this is that it's like it's this weird time capsule of what the x-men franchise was doing back in 2017 so it's like they they had this whole thing <laughs> yeah. where it's like they had it, you know again slight spoilers for this but they talk about the essex corporation and it's like and this is being like this the big bad in the in the background is the essex corporation and again that was something that they they tried to set up and hint at at the end of x-men apocalypse they had the post credit scene where they went and came in and took uh, wolverine's blood and you saw like a bit like this um suitcase where it was like oh look these are all the vials of blood that we're collecting and, and then they closed it and like the suitcase had got exit corpse written on it because everyone loves to just brand everything and on these super secret organizations yeah. um, so that was what they were setting up and then they also then they actually use footage in this movie from logan <laughs> which is like of the when they're like training the young mutants like of what x23 ends up being a, a version of the young girl from... no, but they show her do they show her they, they yeah they there's literally a scene where they show daphne king from i'd, I'd say i didn't know it's, i didn't know it's her specifically i saw i remember seeing the other ones where they're like they're doing like it's that same footage that was cut together perfectly by that nurse um and then given to yeah. logan for him to spend a lot of time on premiere yeah she did um, but yeah, it's that same footage that they're reusing of, yes, there is a facility somewhere where some shady organization who we now know to be Essex Corp are like turning mutant kids into weapons. Yeah. And that's the idea for where these kids from this movie would go, which should they graduate. But again, that's like talking about and linking into movies that were being made three years ago before they, they were bought out by Disney before everything else happened with that franchise and it went the way it did, I fizzled out into nothing. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's weird. That, that again, it's weird like the timeline. Time oh, the timeline makes no fucking sense. Like, because again, you're like, right, they're showing this, but she's, she's getting it because, like, so Danny sees it because it's happening now. Happening now. I think always something that's going to happen. Yeah, that's where we're going. If we, if this, so yeah, it is happening but now. She's not this, seeing this the future. Like she's seeing like either yeah. memories from Reyes, um, who's actually a, a a good guy in the comics. Mm. She's not actually an X Men. Like she goes, she works with the X X Men, but she's not. Yeah. One of them. Like she doesn't have a code name or anything else like that. She's Wheels. just. Uh, <laughs> No, she, she's a nurse, and like her ability, like you say, is is to be able, like we saw is to be able to project shields. Mm. But um, but yeah, she she doesn't have like a code name like shields or barrier or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just yeah. So it's it makes no sense, and like, like with all the timeline stuff with X Men, it makes no sense because if you think about that, then it means that like the facility where they're training mutants and everything and those kids that we saw in the footage that is in this movie that's happening in like the year 2023 or something yeah right when logan happens yeah. and it's like okay so if this is happening at the same time that means we're we're sort of yeah we're in the future or we're like you know what is now yeah. only a few years in the future but like i know isn't it later than that isn't it like 2030 something i can't remember yeah something like that but it is um, quite a way off because because X Men is set in the near future when that first came out. Yeah, but then they actually that I remember they actually put a date on it, Logan. They actually said it's whatever year it is. Oh really? I'm gonna look up. Yeah, um, because yeah, to give you some idea of how much time had passed, because that's the whole idea with Logan is that it's meant to be like years and years have passed, and Logan and Charles are the only two left. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, and then this is meant to happen as well. So again, like it could have been like a weird sort of soft reboot of the x-men franchise this could have been like the the side hustle and then they could have like incorporated x23 and her group of kids who end up at the end of logan into this group and then you get a small 2029 like, there you go right yeah a world uh, of which mutant kind has largely died out yeah so if that that is the setting for new mutants that makes a lot of sense and the, even the title itself makes a lot more sense and like they could have done something interesting with that as a way of like pushing it forward to go right let's link her th this crew that we end up with at the end of this movie let's link them up with Daphne and Keane and her group of kids from the end of Logan yeah, and then start forming some sort of new like post Xavier post um, Charles uh, post um, Logan 
world. But yeah, anyway, none of that happened. No. Um, this is where we're at. I really me. enjoyed the the being told what the next part of the film was by a computer. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, this is bad. This is also bad. 3,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we couldn't afford an actor, so we just had it put up on the screen. It's like, exactly. right, do th- this, this, and this. Now. <laughs> This should, this is what the next happen. three steps are going to happen in this film. Yeah, because that's another thing. Like they were going to have a post-credit scene, and the post-credit scene was going to be the reveal of Mister Sinister at the head of Essex Corporation, as played right. by John Hamm. Really? That was going to happen. That was the plan, and they just got everything got scrapped. Yeah, of course it. <laughs> Fucking just an absolute mess of a movie. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you know, we saw it. It happened, and I'd, I'd argue that, yeah, given that, like I said, about the the way it leaves off with, like, the kids sort of going out and to make their own and all the rest of it, it's kind of a better... It's a better ending for the X-Men franchise than Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Dark Phoenix was tripe. Yeah, definitely. And, and absolute just, bollocks, as, as previously explained on another episode, but... But that's the thing, that, like... That's what's crazy about it is, that, and it's like that movie had reshoots and test audiences and input yeah. from everybody, and that still ended up crap. This had none of that, and somehow ended up better. So that tells me that this there was a really good nugget of something here that should have been fostered into something better than it was. But unfortunately, well, we just ended up with this. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a bit of a victim, isn't it? There? Yeah, it's just a victim and everything that. Yeah, it's, it's similar. On. Yeah, all the all the corporate machinations that happen behind all these franchises mm. um and every now and then you get something like this and something like fan force it where it just comes out like a absolute monster um, but this is <laughs> one of the, this is definitely one of the better ones um i wouldn't say yeah i would say it's not it's worth like chucking on netflix sort of thing oh yeah i'd say if it when it well when it does go to disney plus give it a watch because yeah. it's something to put on and just pass the time like you say, it's people go back and watch episodes of TV shows that have, that never saw a, saw the end of the the whole TV series. Didn't even get an ending, like you know. Yeah. And because um, it gets cancelled before it's due. Yeah, and it's not but, like and when we say it doesn't have an ending, we're not like it does. Like there is a clear like there is yeah there is a clear three act structure and it just, like, from it, a narrative perspective, the actions of the film are tied up within that. Yeah. But then it leads into a, oh, where do we go now? And they yeah. all look at one another and walk down a street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and yeah, it, it's and that's the that's the shame of it is that the cast are likable enough and the the film was enjoyable enough that you would have wanted to see more. Yeah, um, but we're not going to. So tough no, shit. No, we're not. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, this is this is going to be definitely the last. We said the last time when we talked about um, Dark Phoenix. Um, but this is definitively now the last of these movies because that's the other thing I sort of held in my in my mind for a really long time is that when this got acquired by Disney, I was like, "Well, surely they're going to do reshoots and go back and then make this part of the MCU." This is how they're going. This is how they're going to get it. like they've got a movie there that's called The New Mutants and they want to introduce mutants into the MCU. This is it. This is it. This is where it's going to happen. No, no, they're no. going to do it. They'll do a, an introduction. Probably. They'll do a full yeah start from scratch. Yeah, they're going to do it. They'll do something. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I still wouldn't be very surprised if they did a Disney Plus TV show as a way of doing X Men. Um, uh, I still, I, I think know. that. Well, I just think it suits that. For, and this is kind of testament to it as well. Like this, this could have been done as a Netflix show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As a and each episode, you send, spend a bit more time with each character and find out more about them, and it builds and builds. And then at the end of season one, they break out, sort of thing. Yeah. Because um, I had my sort of story that I'd built up in my head was that um, this is well, well and in fact we'll cover this in our post credit sting okay. what my my uh, my headcanon story that I'd made up for it similar to my Fantastic Four one which no one's ever allowed to hear because it's, it's a winner oh yeah no your Fantastic Four idea is too good we need to sell that we, we should be working <laughs> on the script that's what I should be doing during lockdown <laughs> this is what we should have worked on um <laughs> But, you know, you know anyway. I learned to run good. Yes. Yes, you did. Well done. Um, but, yeah, I... Yeah, this fight, this film's fine. Just go... It, watch, fine. Don't pay to watch it. Wait for it to come on no. Disney+. Plus, but it's, so. like, it's interesting, like, the, the reaction... Unless you can get having. a £6 ticket like we did. Yeah. 
Um, but it's really, again, what's also interesting, just to touch on it briefly before we sign off, is the, the reaction it's getting because people is getting really badly panned. Like one star mm-hmm. reviews. Like I saw one from like Total Film where it was something like not even worth a bargain basement DVD. Like <laughs> one star. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like it's not that bad. Like, like it's I, not that bad. But at the same time, like this is the same in the same week where they're giving Tanet five stars. I'm just like, what's going on here? What's mm-hmm. something very weird is going on with like film criticism like this year? I think my, it's all because of the fact that you know a lot of them have just been out of work for so long. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> when they see some desperate to come back with a strong opinion yeah they've got to have a strong opinion like everything's either five or one there's nothing in between which yeah. is what both Tanet and um new mutants are really neither then neither of them are five or one star i don't think no um, but yeah yeah really odd really weird but like yeah if you've seen stuff like that have you seen all the so there's lots of headlines going around saying this is the worst x-men movie ever and like it's that's included no it's not and that like people are like and then go like i've seen that uh, particular review got retweeted by um, Maisie Williams. Really? She retweeted it and then just went, sounds like a must see. <laughs> just like taking the piss. It's <laughs> like, okay. Fucking hell. Um, but like, yeah, that and that one goes goes to pains to say, oh yeah, I am including X Men Origins Wolverine when I say that. I'm like, right, you're a fucking idiot then because there's no way this is anywhere, no. nowhere near as bad as that because that is a, an absolute atrocity. <laughs> like, that, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that's gotten me is that there's been so many. That's why I'm really glad that Disney have it now. Yeah, is there were just so many opportunities that they had to do something interesting or new or bold or bright or fun, but they just didn't. Yeah, and that's the thing. That like, and that's the frustrating thing is that like stuff like this and Logan shows that they they were starting to get they're finally starting to break out of the mold and let filmmakers come in and make these side projects were, which were always inevitably better than whatever they were doing in the main line. So whatever they were doing with the, you know, the McAvoy and Fassbender movies, the spin-offs like Logan and this are always like infinitely better and Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, right, you're starting to realize now that this is where you need to, by expanding out and diversifying and making these right. So there's an R rated comedy. There's a really dark, like old Western. And he's like a teen, horror movie yeah okay these are all good let's do that yeah and then that went ah no you're right it's, it's over too late it's like, fuck damn it you were just getting well, somewhere <laughs> like yeah i mean in fairness you know they're not exactly victims they had plenty of opportunity no i know i know but it's like it's when they finally like it's the same with lots of the studios now i think water brothers is kind of getting to a similar position where they go well if we just let the filmmakers make a film they go <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah that's a really good idea like yes you should have been doing that from the beginning, you idiot. <laughs> but then it won't all link up. No, it does link up. It's fine. It's fine. No, of course it is. Of course it is. Like, that's the problem. But, the, you know, there's the difference between it's what we keep saying about, like, the Marvel method. Yeah. You know, the like, Marvel method works. Because but thing, like, it does have a controlling group within the middle of that. Yeah. It has a panel and a group of things that work. And then they're like, right, this is how it's going to go. But like, Star Wars doesn't have that. No. Warner Brothers don't have that. Fox didn't have that. The the biggest one for me that I always point to whenever I talk about the Marvel when we talk about the Marvel method is uh Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Because that movie is so blatantly a Taika Waititi movie. And it's yeah. just it's just got his name written all over it. It could not no one else could have made it the way he made it. It's got his style, his you know, sensibilities, all the rest of it. But it still sits as the third part of a series of Thor movies, although it is a bit chunk, you know, there is a jarring jump between those two. And it also sets up yeah. Infinity War. Yeah. So it is possible to let a director come in, have his own voice, and still tie into your main, to everything else you're trying to achieve. Exactly. You can, you can do it. It's not, a one, it's not an either or scenario you're right you, you can do both and that's mm. that's the film that you point to to say that yeah it can 100 percent still be done um yeah exactly so, and that's and, the thing like we are looking at like i know edgar wright is a fantastic director and actor and uh, yeah. director and producer and everything that he does is brilliant but it does sort of beg the question about like the the level of artistic integrity about where that stands on creative differences between what disney wanted from an ant-man film and what he wanted to put in it yeah, and well, interesting. Like, I mean, c- taking it back to New Mutants, like you look at like so Josh Boone was like really adamant about making this a horror movie. He wanted to make it a horror movie, 
and the yeah. studio is very resistant to that. They were like, oh no, we don't know. It's not very marketable. Then it came out and people responded really well to the, tra- the first yeah. trailer for this. And they went, oh, okay. Now Marvel, main, you know, Marvel Studios, we had a really similar thing ha- happen with um, Scott Derrickson and Doctor Strange. He turns up, he tells everyone, oh yeah, this is going to be a horror movie. We were making, we were making the, a comic book horror movie. Yeah, 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 Two months later, Scott Derrickson fired over creative differences. Yeah. It's like, because they go, nah, they're still not, like, as much as I've, you know, we've just seen their praises with Taika Waititi, there are still certain risks that they're not willing to take, it seems. Um, but that's yeah. part of, that's part of Uncle also, Disney, isn't it, I suppose? But that's the thing. It's like, like you say, yeah, it is part of Uncle Disney. But it's also at the same time, like they clearly have a thing in place. So they have their plan there. Yeah. They're like, this is great. You're not, you're, we're not giving you the keys to the kingdom. Like yeah. you can come in and work with the tools that we have. Yeah. You know, you can come in and play with our toys, but you can't keep them and you can't make them yours. They're not yours. You're working with what we have. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. And I think people are sort of, and when they, when Disney sort of, and I think, yeah, I'm not sort of jumping to their defense because they, the chances are they probably came in at last minute and they're like, right, Scott, we're doing this thing with WandaVision and we need you to make the film fit around this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, it needs to fit into this TV show and this thing. And that way he goes, well, that's not really what I'm trying to do. And they go, sorry. There's the no, door sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, that's what we need you to do. Yeah, is this rather than anything else? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we've gotten away from new mutants. Because, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, like I say, cast. I didn't hate game. it. Cast no. did a good, good enough job. Um, um, yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just a shame that it, it wasn't. We didn't get a full version of this, and then and we didn't get any more from this cast. Also, one thing that I would like to raise was that how much did you know about Magic, the character going in? Uh, not much. Like, I'd read. I actually read um, the three issues where they fight the Demon Bear. I tried. Right. I, I started off trying to read the whole Demon Bear saga, but it was too long. No, no. So I just, I just, I skipped to like the the main sort of storyline, which is where yeah, the Demon Bear mauls um, Danny, and then the guys have to defend her, and that whole battle that happens. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know much. I'll be honest. Why? Because, like, it's just one of those things that, like, I'm like, as I was watching it, I was like, I know a lot about this character because, like, um, as I've sort of probably said on the podcast, like before, like the X Men. Yeah. Avengers and Spider-Man were like a hundred percent my jam. I yeah, when I was in like my full collecting days, and but but not even when I was like collecting, when I was just reading because of the love of it. You know, I was buying like the Panini comics that were sort of reproduce reproduced in the UK with like select stories. They weren't like the consistent rolling stories. They were just like highlight stories of X-Men and, and all those characters of things that were going on at the time. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like well, you can still get them in like W. H. Smith and stuff today. But um, but so I was reading through them. But then it's like we are looking at characters that have got like really in depth understandings because like Iliana's power, Iliana's mutant power is teleportation. Yeah. Right, and there. But then like what they show in here is that they're like, oh, she's got this sword and she's got a metal arm. Yeah. And that she's going to limbo, yeah. and then and then you're like, right? So what? What? What's her power? <laughs> her power is a yeah. sword and metal arm and limbo and teleport and this and like. So she, but, oh, she, hang on, you haven't even the genetic the, lottery here. You haven't like, even mentioned the dragon. Oh, Lockheed. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Lockheed in this? No, yeah, no. Lockheed, who like for the, most of the movie is just a little, is a little um, sock puppet that she uses. That's some sort of comfort yeah. blanket thing. And then in the final fight, again, spoilers. There's an actual fucking dragon, <laughs> and they never explain it. Mm. <laughs> but he's like a little. He's like he looks like Spyro. If they were to make a Spyro movie in the same way that they made that a um, he's a, yeah, he's a like Lockheed is a purple dragon. Yeah, that is about two feet tall. Yeah. And is the companion of Kitty Pride. 
Right. Not Eliana Rasputin. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing to do with her. I don't, okay. I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't, I never, don't know. But like, that's a, that's a very odd choice. I don't know where, where that came from. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of like, um, I think like the closest thing that I can think of is like Indiana Jones turning up in his latest film and meeting Chewbacca. <laughs> And it's like, it's oh, hey, I don't really like this guy. Or, oh, you, Chewbacca's my dog. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I thought Indy was the dog. No, the, that one died. And then this one's the dog. But then magic and real dragon. Magic real. with a K. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things. And I was just like, why? Why is this in here? Like, I, like Sunspot is a great character. Like he goes through a lot. He's um, in Big Hero Six, actually. Um, he's actually one of the lineup in the comics of Big Hero Six. Okay. Um, oh no, that's Sunfire. Never mind. Similar, similar power set. Um, but anyway, and they're yeah, they're just some weird things. Like because they just don't explain it, and like so, she. They could have they could have done so many different things with her because like Ileana's whole thing is that she goes into this into limbo as a I think she's like an eight year old girl and then she comes out and she's eighteen. Yeah. And it's like in that time that she's been away, she's aged ten years. She's become extraordinarily proficient with magic. She's become um she's had this soul sword sort of magically attached to her. Every time she uses it, she becomes more covered with this armor, uh, which is why she uses it so infrequently. And then, but she's also like this hardcore, like magical user to the extent that um, she's like had a fairly violent relationship with Doctor Strange in the past. And like, there's all these different things that are like, but they're like, oh no, she's just a racist with a sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, like it's, it's just yeah, an extraordinary, really rich and dense character. It's really interesting because they take like the science and tech side of things from like X Men, but then they explore the um, the magical side of things with her. Yeah, uh, and again, like yeah, I mean, I don't know I don't because know. it is. They're like, oh, it's magic. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, that thing isn't magic. It's it's a it's her her superpower. And that's like, e- like even her, in the um, like yeah, Danny it, is is psychic. Yeah, and then like, even in so in the, that brief bit of comics that I've read in in lead up to this, like that's Xavier sort of turns up at the end and he's just like, yeah, this is beyond my realm of expertise. I'm gonna call Stephen Strange because he knows what to do. Because <laughs> yeah. like because this is like magic and fucking like and elemental shit that I can't deal with because. I'm a man of science sort of thing. So it's that, that yeah. blending of those two worlds, um, which they, yeah, they, like, yeah, obviously X-Men never get close to that. They're starting to get there now with Marvel having introduced Doctor Strange. Um, so yeah, that would have been another interesting angle. Well, they, yeah, with, but they've got like Thor and Doctor Strange and stuff yeah. like that. But also they've got... Um, well, that's what they're going like to do with Scarlet Witch. Isn't it? That's obviously what, yeah. what um, the reality bending... Whether yeah, you know, what's real, what isn't real, all that sort of stuff, which they kind of explore in this movie, is going to be a lot of what they do in One Division. And I have no yeah, doubt that they'll do I, that. You know, do, I think that the that really link well. that they're going to have there is that they're going to they're they're going to say about Wanda's abilities are, uh, and again, this is another thing that I'll talk about, like in the post credit thing that I think could be a way to sort of work or lean into it a bit more in a different way, but. Um, yeah, they're going to use Wanda's abilities to introduce magic side of things or maybe the mutant side of things. But at the same time, would they be using that as the energy that was used to give Wanda and Pietro their abilities? Mm-hmm. Was that something that activated their latent mutant abilities? Like, is there something that hasn't, it's just yet to be an awakened yeah. in I mean, there's the Marvel lots of- Universe yet? 
yeah, there's loads of theories about that. Like people are saying that it's going to be, it's the snap. It's Tony's snap or the two snaps that took place on earth. I, yeah. it was like, there was, um, banners one and then Tony snap and they both like released the gamma radiation into the, into the, like they could, they can make some sort of yeah. you know, thing around that and say, right, this is why. Um, and then all they need to do is to say that Thanos's sword was made out of adamantium um and they melt that down and that becomes um wolverine skeleton and then we're done yeah because that's the only thing that could have broken cap shield because he's made out of adamantium makes perfect sense uh yeah but no it's made out of vibranium in this isn't it in the mcu no they never say that vibranium is from earth isn't it no, they say um uh no, they say Cap Shield is vibranium. Oh Cap they, Shield is vibranium, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. Thanos' sword. They never explain what it is. Oh no. No. So th- so therefore my headcanon is is Adamantium and that's how they're gonna get to Wolverine. Uh got you. Anyway, we <laughs> let's let's get oh, into yeah, a post credits. New mutants. Yeah, so new mutants, um yeah, worth give it a go when it's when it's out and available to watch on whatever stream platform it ends up on, which is most likely going to be Disney Plus. They're yeah. putting everything else on there. Um, yeah. yeah, a better ending, despite the fact that it's like a half-finished film, still a better ending than the last couple of mainstream X-Men movies um, yeah. and gives you hope for what they could, what someone like Marvel or people who know what they're doing um, can do in the future. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. Let us know what you're thinking, um, what you're watching about different... What, what, uh. Yes. Fucking hell. Let us know what you're, <laughs> what you're watching at the moment or what you thought about. If you, have you been out to the cinema to see either of this or Tanette? Uh, what were your cinema experiences like? What did you think of the films? Um, you can get hold of us at theomcastpod at gmail.com. That's the email address. Or you can get us on Instagram. Just search for The Omcast or search for The Omcast on Facebook. Um, and just leave us a message. Um, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover that we haven't. Um, we think the next thing we're going to do is probably going to be Mulan. Yeah, makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Let's makes get sense. down to business. Um, oh, because that... oh, you beat me to it, you motherfucker. Nah. <laughs> um, yes, so as many of you know, Mulan, uh, Disney's latest live-action remake, they've now just put it out on Disney+. Plus. They haven't put it out for free. You have to pay for it. Um, but they have released it. Um, that was their decision. They decided not to put it out in cinemas. They've decided to put it out instead on their streaming platform. The success of that is going to be an interesting thing to sort of watch, whether they, you know, how successful that model is. It's probably not something they're ever going to tell us, but it would be interesting to see if they do it with anything else. Um, yeah. But either way, we will watch um, probably both Mulans. We'll probably go back and revisit both the 1998 original um, animated classic um, and the, this new version and sort of see how they stack up similar to what we did with uh, Lion King last year yeah definitely I think there's we should definitely do this also yeah. I watched Loose last night what the fuck is that? L-U-C-E the, um, it's really cool I'll talk to you it? about it uh, so it's a drama film about a young um, young black guy in America who's been adopted from a war-torn country right uh, but raised by sort of white liberal parents and then one day he writes an inflammatory um like report for school right and then the teacher raises it and it's sort of like asking about all these sort of different questions that are sort of raised between sort of like white liberal guilt in reflection to um sort of the uh, the projection of successful black students in America and the expectation that's carried on them and how they're presented in certain ways. And like, are they, oh, he's treated far, far differently that his race isn't even sort of questioned mm-hmm. only when it becomes something as like a step up in relation to somebody else, like another black student at the school that isn't as successful as he is. And then how they relate to, to white students, as well as there's another, another whole load of sort of drama that's sort of tied up in it all. Um, spoiler alert, I really, really liked it. My girlfriend did not. Mm, okay. Where, where um, did you see it? Uh, it was just on Sky Movies. Okay. All right. But yeah, watch the trailer for it. It's pretty cool, man. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, um, 
let us know, um, listeners, if there's anything else you guys are watching. Uh, like the, obviously, the little readers. gems and yeah, readers and things like like that. The Tom just mentioned things are starting to get sort of come out of the woodwork now. So it's interesting to sort of discover these other things that you might not have watched. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Right, post credits. What the fuck are you on about? What? Uh, yeah, I've forgotten what I was going to say. What was it? What was I talking about? I don't know. It's something to do with how they're going to like some Wonder Vision and like something to do with powers and how they're going to. No, I don't remember. No. No. Iliana's powers and how they didn't do it right or. No, did that covered that? I think we might have covered it. Went off on a tangent for a long yes, time. Yes, big long, big big long tangents. Big long geeky tangent. That's what I like. That's what they call us. Big long tangents. Anyway, um, anyway. yeah, it was probably really clever, really insightful. Shed a lot of my knowledge about comic book mythology, and would have been a really interesting thing, but. I forgot, got distracted oh, by loops. But yeah, anyway, another time though. Another time. Right. <laughs> yeah, sorry readers. Thank you. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs>